Today's episode of the WAC Podcast is brought to you by Hercules Tires, the official tire of the Western Athletic Conference. Now here are your hosts, Eric Danner and Rachel Vigil. Welcome into the WAC Podcast, Eric Danner and Rachel Vigil coming at you. We got a lot to sit down and talk about, some very exciting volleyball action going on, but let's first talk about the NCAA tournament. Eric, there's a lot of storylines. Even though we're just coming down to the championship tonight, we're recording this on a Monday. There's a lot of storylines going around with the WAC. A lot of storylines, Rachel, and March Madness. Is, I don't know what April is, what April craziness or something maybe, but uh, what a weekend it was for the Final Four. I, I know we're both basketball fans. That Gonzaga-UCLA game, one of the best I've seen in years. Uh, Gonzaga, oh. of course, they played Dixie State earlier in the year. Uh, UCLA had played Seattle U earlier in the year, so there's a couple of teams we've seen take on whack opponents. Uh, remember, Tarleton was supposed to play Gonzaga and Baylor, uh, if you remember, in back-to-back games, and and that uh, got scrubbed because of uh, some COVID concerns. But uh, Gonzaga looking pretty good. That was uh, an amazing shot and just an amazing game all around, Rachel. And I think it's exactly why we love March Madness. It's been so fun. I have to, the Gonzaga UCLA game, excuse me, literally that last second shot, I was like, all right, we're going to double OT. Like, let's do this. And when he makes it, my mouth just dropped. I immediately (laughs) called my dad and I was just like, I cannot believe that just happened. Like that is everything that we talk about being March Madness. It was so much fun, but I got to ask you, Eric, obviously by the time everybody hears this, we'll know who the winner is of the NCAA tournament, but who are you taking for tonight's game? Boy, that, that's a tough one. I mean, Baylor, uh, you have the the Drew connection. Of course, mm-hmm. Bryce Drew, the head coach for Grand Canyon. His brother, Scott Drew, has been the longtime coach at Baylor. So you kind of want to see, you know, him uh, potentially win a national championship there. You also have, uh, you know, uh, Gonzaga in a uh, mid-major conference, if you will, the West mm-hmm. Coast, which shares the Orleans Arena uh, right before we go in for our championship. In fact, we're watching the... West Coast uh, Championship a few weeks ago, Rachel, when they're playing BYU and seeing that uh, they they were down in that game and then all of a sudden yeah. came storming back. So it's uh, there there's a kinship I think between the West Coast Conference, but uh, also Baylor. You know, uh, being in Texas and we now have more schools in Texas coming up next year than any school in the in the or any conference in the country. So I'll take both teams. How's that? That's a good answer. Okay, I'll, I'll give it to you. Honestly, there are great storylines, and I think both of us being in broadcast, we just love the storylines and the people around the sport. So I'll let you slide with that one, but it'll be a good <laughs> game tonight. I'm definitely looking forward to it. Uh, we also had Lou Hill was named Man of the Year, so Skip Crosser, Man of the Year. What can you tell us about that award, Eric? Well, I mean, obviously, you know, the, the coaching community uh, giving him this mm-hmm. honor, you know, uh, as, as a man, uh, what he's done in the community, uh, of course, we've talked, uh, you know, about it on this show, what, what he meant to folks in Edinburgh and every, you know, where he's been. Actually, I was watching, uh, you know, his, his former coach, Long Kruger from Oklahoma, retired this year. And in his uh, closing press conference mentioned that uh, the death of Lou Hill had something to do with that and just how short life can be and that, you know, how, how this has affected people in, in all kinds of different walks of life. And, and they don't know if you had the chance to see that, Rachel, they had the cardboard cutouts at the final four and mm-hmm. they, they had some of the coaches who had passed away in Lou Hill. There was a cardboard cutout of him at the final and four his family. Uh, from New Mexico state, a cardboard cutout of him, uh, Billy Tubbs, who of course uh, coached at Lamar, which is coming into the WAC, uh, that cardboard cutout of him who, who also passed away. And speaking of Lamar, uh, 
they just hired a brand new uh, basketball coach from the University of Houston. As the Cougars were in the Final Four, Alvin Brooks will be in the WAC next year. So another quality coach, uh, and it's going to be something else, Rachel, once we get this going next year with the, the new Texas schools and what already exists in the WAC. It's so crazy to me to think about. Yeah, we, we're seeing all the connections now, even more so with different schools that will be joining. It's going to be so much fun. I cannot wait for July to get here already, but we still got a ton more to go through for the rest of the spring season before we get into them joining. Uh, another quick connection, though, is Oscar Freire. We talked about him and had uh, Paul Coro on last week on the podcast. He unfortunately did pass away uh, two weeks ago now, I believe. Uh, our hearts and condolences are still going out to the family. But however, his mom and his nephew are actually going to be accepting his diploma because he was set to graduate this spring. Such a sad story, Rachel. Uh, you, you like to see that they're going to follow through with, with that. But I, I imagine there's not going to be a dry eye in the arena when, mm -hmm. his, uh, when his mom and his nephew accept uh, on his behalf. Uh, previous job I had, we, we'd had a student athlete who passed away. And his brother and his dad uh, accepted his degree on his behalf. And it's just uh, such a sad time. But at the same time, you're glad to see him uh, get that recognition that he deserves. As Paul Coro talked about last week, he was academically ineligible the year before, got his mm -hmm. books together and actually graduated this year. So uh, glad to see his, his mom and his nephew be able to pick that up for him. Yeah, definitely will be very sad. Um, and again, our just condolences go out to everybody at GCU as well as Oscar Freire's family um, and everybody who unfortunately did pass in that car accident. Now we look to women's basketball though, Eric. And did you have a chance to watch the women's championship? I did. And it, that was a pretty close championship it was good. game. And it was all Pac-12 and Stanford, who of course knocked out Utah Valley in the first uh, game that they played in the tournament taking on Arizona and Arizona had a lot of whack connections or at least a connection to our good friend Joan Bonvicini who is the all-time winningest coach in Arizona women's basketball history and one of her former players Adia Barnes now the head coach at Arizona and Joan actually helped uh, Adia get into coaching uh, back when Joan was the coach at Seattle U and uh, Adia was playing for the Seattle Storm so a lot of connections there and Watching uh, Joan's social media, she had a chance to go to the Final Four and root on her, her former player and her former team. And what a, a great job Arizona's done going from, I think she had six wins four years ago to winning the WNIT last year to making the national championship game this year. So uh, hats off to Arizona, who's not in the whack, but uh, I'm, I'm sure Joan Bonvicini is very happy with uh, the, the way things have turned out for the Wildcats. Yeah, it was honestly such a fun game to watch too. Like anytime it comes down to a last second shot, you just want one of them. I know, you know, one of them is going to win, you know that, but your heart always breaks, but at least it's never a blowout. Like I just always want championship games to be good. I know I'm like a lot of people in that aspect, but it was definitely a fun one to watch there. Uh, Jared Olson was also named the K Yao national coach of the year i want to make sure i said that one correctly and uh have talked to him because they had an incredible season as well well deserved and it's good to see rachel that they weren't overlooked because they are transitioning from d2 to d1 and they had the 26 and 1 record and think about that i mean that nobody would have thought a, a team in the third year of their transition would have a record like that so glad to see him get a, a national award like that a national coach of the year uh for jared olson yes uh, we have some really fun conversations to go about and talk about now with the WAC Volleyball Tournament, Eric. 
Oh my goodness. Can we talk about what a great match it was between Utah Valley and New Mexico State for Utah Valley to go out there in three sets and take down the regular season champ? It, it was a surprising tournament, I think, Rachel. Oh my goodness. In terms of upsets, uh, Chicago State started off by, by sweeping UTRGV. Chicago State had not won a match this year, mm-hmm. had not won a match uh, in, the, in a long time. And uh, in talking with to- Tony Trifonoff, their head coach, the week before, I thought, boy, they, they seem to have the eye of the tiger, and they sure did in that first match. So they advanced to the semis with Seattle U opting out this year. And then in the, the other semi, Grand Canyon against Utah Valley, these are two very good teams. They had played the week before. They split. So Grand Canyon was the two seed, Utah Valley the three seed. And uh, Grand Canyon comes out, wins the first match or the first set. And then Utah Valley comes out and wins the next three uh, going into the championship. New Mexico State, when they played Chicago State, they sweep them. But again, the Cougars put up a pretty good fight. They don't, uh, they don't go away quietly. So New Mexico State, Utah Valley, New Mexico State had that long win streak earlier this year snapped by Utah Valley, Rachel. And uh, they, for some reason, Utah Valley seems to match up well against the Aggies. And they had the home crowd going. Again, it was, uh, you know, social distancing and, and the limited attendance. But they were pretty loud in the uh, Lockhart Arena there at Utah Valley. And they sweep New Mexico State. I don't think anybody could have saw that coming. I can tell you, I definitely did not, but my gosh, was it fun to watch. And they were all came down. Each set comes down very, very close. So um, hats off to both of them to making it that far, getting through the season and everything like that. But yeah, oh my goodness. Uh, congrats to Utah Valley to go into the NCAAs for the first time in program history. So huge shout out to them. And they will take on Texas State next Wednesday on April 14th. So we're going to be sending all the good vibes. And we're also going to have Sam Ochoa in our next segment here, the head coach for Utah Valley Volleyball as well. Good conversation. You're not going to want to miss. Well, Eric, I'm going to be a Debbie Downer now as we transition. Uh, I'm going to put myself out there too. And because we were, I was supposed to be going out to Las Vegas for the men's soccer tournament. I will not be, I had tested positive for COVID, but I want to take this time to remind everybody to continue to be safe. I know a lot of things are opening up, but I can be a perfect example of, I just had dinner with a friend and I ended up testing positive. So everybody take care of yourself, continue to be safe. And if you have the opportunity to get vaccinated, look at doing so and sticking forward, looking at your own health. So I'm going to put myself out there to, to uh, test positive, you know, uh, 15 minutes and, and uh, also, you know, we're seeing younger people uh, testing positive as, as the vaccine rolls out and, and hopefully, you know, so, some people that uh, have uh, health issues or, you know, older population are getting the vaccine. Uh, some of the younger people aren't, uh, aren't up for it yet. And, and that's where mm-hmm. we're seeing a spike. And uh, yeah, I hope you're feeling better, Rachel, in the, in the near future. We're kind of like, as I was saying, uh, the Denver Broncos quarterback's room. So I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm on quarantine as we speak here as well. We, uh, we'll need Kendall Hunter to uh, come out and start at quarterback uh, <laughs> for us this uh, upcoming week. But yeah, with men's soccer, which uh, men's and women's soccer are going to both be happening next week. And usually they're not mm-hmm. on the same week. They're usually on alternate weeks. But men's soccer, one of the best sports top to bottom in the WAC. Uh, a lot mm-hmm. of years there's been two bids uh, come out of the WAC, one of the few sports that, that gets that. Uh, we, we have quite a few uh, affiliates that, that are pretty strong, but this year, still looking at the top of the standings, Rachel, it's uh, Grand Canyon with that undefeated 6-0 and record, so they, they are the team to beat still. The Lopes are still sitting at the top. Then we got UTRGV in second, San Jose State in third, UNLV in fourth, Seattle U, California Baptist, Dixie State, and Air Force. And I know Air Force was just playing 
not too long ago and putting on a good scoring. I can you yeah, get a score update? Uh, California Baptist four to one on Monday afternoon. Air. Keep in mind, California Baptist Dixie State not eligible for the tournament, so mm -hmm. Air Force in good shape uh, to be that six seed. So if you start looking at matchups. If it we're in to end today, of course, we have a lot of games or a lot of matches still left to go. Grand Canyon does play at UNLV on Saturday. So that could be a big one in terms of the regular season championship. But Grand Canyon would be one if we started today, UTRGV number two. And the big part about that is they get the buys. So they would not play until Thursday. We would have San Jose State, UNLV. They played tonight as we do this on a Monday. And that's kind of the de facto uh, for the number three seed, potentially uh, the winner of that match. And right now, Seattle, you in fifth, but it's very close because they go by points. So San Jose State, UNLV with 14, Seattle, U with 13. Seattle, U plays San Jose State on Saturday. So there's another one could have implications on our seedings there, Rachel. So what we could be looking at a Seattle, U, UNLV first round matchup. We could be looking at an Air Force, San Jose State first round matchup. And a lot of times, Rachel, we're talking about those teams potentially playing in the championship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no kidding. You look at your past too. Those are quite a few matchups in there that we've seen. Uh, looking at the women's side, Eric, you may be headed out to Phoenix, hopefully, fingers crossed for a negative yep. test result. Then you'll be headed out there and Seattle U sitting on top of the women's standings at 9-2-2. Two, and two. When you look at the past five-year history of the WAC and women's soccer, Seattle U, Utah Valley have been the the two teams to beat, uh, and those are the two teams to beat again this year. 29 points apiece for both of those teams. California Baptist, again, not eligible for the tournament, so you knock them out. Uh, so Seattle, Utah Valley, I don't know the, the math, Rachel, quite yet, but I would believe those two teams will have the buys in the first round. Then we'd be looking at uh, GCU uh, potentially taking on Chicago State in the first round mm -hmm. and New Mexico State and UTRGV again. A lot of soccer left to be played here, but actually not that much. We're, we're getting into the final week of the season, but uh, still a lot to be determined, I guess I should say. But uh, we, we know which six teams are going on the women's side uh, since uh, both Dixie and California Baptist aren't eligible. Mm -hmm. I'm excited, though, to watch both of these tournaments get started next Wednesday. Uh, nope, next Tuesday, next yeah. Tuesday, excuse me. Yeah, next Tuesday. So matches on Tuesday, Thursday, and then championship match on Saturday. Excited. Now, Eric, you said not a lot of games left or not a lot of matches left for soccer. However, we do have a lot of games left of softball and baseball. We have our softball players of the week. Dixie State's Megan Anders is the ticket smarter hitter of the week. She had 571 with four RBIs for the Trailblazers and their opener series opener against Tarleton scored the game winning run in the bottom of the eighth inning uh, while also tallying three hits at home run and three RBIs. She had a pair of doubles and an RBI across the final two games to help Dixie state get the series win over the Texans. And then we've also got Devin Kritz, who's the ticket smarter pitcher of the week. For Utah Valley, the uh, winning pitcher in each of the Wolverines, three wins last week, finished the week with a 1.0 ERA across 21 innings. That's an amazing feat for Devin Kritz. Also had 14.2 consecutive scoreless innings uh, and helped lead her team to win over Utah State in a series victory over California Baptist. So congratulations to our softball players of the week. And also we had a great uh, Ending in the New Mexico State Grand Canyon game, I guess great if you're a New Mexico State fan, Rachel, where they walk off three-run homer by freshman Maya Martinez. So 
Uh, we're, we're getting into that part of the season where it's uh, getting to be a lot of fun here, Rachel, and New Mexico State Grand Canyon, uh, traditionally two of the best teams in the WAC. I had the opportunity to be watching that game as it happened. And oh my goodness, we talked about the Gonzaga UCLA game. My mouth dropped the exact same way for that matchup too. It was so much fun to watch. And yeah, I mean, hats off to Maya, Maya Martinez. What a freaking bomb that she <laughs> yeah. hit. That was, that was a really, really good one and a fun one to watch. Hopefully we can see some of those in our tournament here in a few short weeks there as well. And uh, looking at baseball though, Eric, baseball players of the week are out as well. Harrison Spons, our Ticket Smarter Hitter of the Week. He's a senior infielder, and uh, the Lancers, even though they did lose, their, their long win streak came to an end at UTRGV, but they still won the series. Remember, UTRGV was picked to win the uh, conference and uh, or was right up there in, in the preseason polls, as CBU was as well. Uh, he had hits in all four games. Uh, his best was in the series finale, going three for four. Uh, he added a walk and a hit-by-pitch, a 571 on base percentage to go with a 667 slugging percent. So congratulations to Harrison Spahn. And then Dixie's Jimmy Borzone is the pitcher of the week. He's a right-hander out of Vancouver, uh, recorded the second no-hitter in the Dixie State NCAA era, the 25th no-hitter in WAC history in a 5-1 to one win over Tarleton on Friday. He had a, uh, a third inning run on a sacrifice fly, so that does not count as a hit. So he does uh, get the no-hitter there, retired the final 14 hitters that he faced to earn the seven-inning complete game win, finishing with eight strikeouts, just one off his career high. So Jimmy Borzone of Dixie State, and we're seeing the new schools, Rachel Dixie and Tarleton, uh, both getting a lot of players of the week this year. Making their names heard in the WAC. All right, that's going to do it for Eric and I right now, but we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to have Sam Atoa, the Utah Valley volleyball head coach on with us to talk about that championship run. We'll be right back. Hercules Tires is the official tire of the Western Athletic Conference and for over 65 years has been providing tires with unbeatable quality at an unmatched value. Whatever the vehicle and whatever the terrain, Hercules Tires invites you to ride on our strength. For a retailer near you, visit HerculesTires.com. Welcome back to the WAC Podcast. Eric Danner and Rachel Hill. We are now joined by Sam Atoa, the head volleyball coach at Utah Valley. A, a very happy Sam Atoa, I would imagine, after winning the WAC tournament for the first time in school history. Coach, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate the invitation and being here. And yes, it's been a, a happy weekend um, being able to win our first WAC championship uh, versus a very good New Mexico State program. And then now busy with everything that goes into place to try to prepare for the NCAA tournament. So yeah, there's been a smile on my face all weekend and probably even when I was in bed. Um, and so we're just, we're just delighted. It's been great. Coach, I mean, it's been such a strange year uh, you didn't get to play in the fall. You're playing in the spring. You had some uh, series that were canceled uh, this year. Uh, then you find out kind of late that you're going to be hosting the tournament. Originally, it was going to be in New Mexico State. Uh, you wind up as a three seed playing Grand Canyon, a team you had just played the week before and split with. Uh, looking at the tournament and the way it unfolded, I, I guess, uh, was there any advantages for, for you guys, the way things happened? Well, I think that um, you always like to be at home. And I think that there definitely can be some advantages uh, to that. 
However, history has shown that the host team uh, doesn't win. Um, I think maybe once, um, if I'm correct. And so, you know, if, if that is a curse for anybody that hosts, and why is it? And we kind of discussed that. We talked to the team about that, my staff, and what, what else needs to be different if with us hosting and what do we need to do? And so we kind of approached it as a, we're on the road type mentality. And if we're on the road, here's what we're going to do. We couldn't afford to just go to a hotel room and kind of do what uh, others teams do or other programs do uh, or sports. But we felt like that we could probably trust the girls enough that, hey, this is what we can do. And, and if we can just sacrifice a little bit with the hopes that we will gain greater results, then why not? And let's do this. And we got the kids have been so resilient and so responsive to some of the changes and everything that we've kind of gone through. And, and I feel like that that has really helped um, home can be a huge distraction because of family coming in and everybody else and doing all this stuff. And, and they were willing to not see their families. They were willing to stay confined. And, and first of all, we wanted to make sure that they were safe and not uh, uh, um, expose themselves to possible situations. Um, but then again, just to kind of stay focused on what we needed to do for the weekend and I felt like with some of that focus and other things and us also uh, playing well, that uh, it kind of all kind of contributed to us uh, being able to um, to win this week. And so um, hopefully, um, um, anyways, that was a huge reason why that helped us to, to do that. So you want to be home uh, for sure, but not if it's going to distract us. And I thought what we were able to handle those things to help us um, not be distracted. Looking against the match against New Mexico State, I have to know, what did you tell your team to go out there and win it in three sets? Well, you know what? You never tell anybody to go win it in three sets. I think that if you, um, uh, if it works, great. Um, I, I knew that it was going to battle. I felt like that it would definitely go five um, and, and, and maybe four as well. Uh, you hope for three anytime that you play. But at the same time, um, it was a battle back and forth, as you saw in the game, that it could have gone either way. And that was the same thing with um, Grand Canyon. Uh, besides that first set, I think that they beat us um, – with several points. The other three mat sets were all by two points. And so um, it could have gone either way. And in, um, in matches that we had played before, it kind of bounced their way. And I think this time around, we were able to make the right adjustments. We were able to have the right mindset that allowed us to stay focused and feel like that, um, which we call warrior moments we felt like that we were able to handle that and be the warrior with those two point games, even though that with that Grand Canyon's run in the, in the end of that uh, second set and coming back for seven or eight points when we were at set point. But even though with New Mexico State, they're kind of doing that, we were up uh, four and then they kind of come back. And then at the end there, it was 
tied up in, in some of the, the, the sets. But we were able to stay composed, and I think that was the difference. Instead of panicking, the girls were able to handle what they needed to do. And sometimes um, it was luck. And luck kind of, uh, especially in that match point, I feel like that the ball was set a little too far. Um, it was, I was standing right there, and I was just praying that the ball would not hit the antenna. Um, from when Kazna hit it, but it barely missed the antenna. It hit the blocker at the right angle and it came back and hit the antenna and match over. So uh, it was just inches away from um, New Mexico State tying up that set. And then who, you know, you don't know what would have happened, but we were very fortunate and sometimes uh, luck bounces your way. Coach, we were at the basketball tournament a, a few weeks ago and when we get to travel around and see teams and see winning teams, it seems the, the common denominator is the teams tend to get along really well that win. And watching your team this, this entire week, I mean, I don't think I've seen a team celebrate more or, or enjoy each other's company more when we show the cutaways of the bench or whether it's, you know, the high fives or whatever. What is it about this team that has them so close? Well, yeah, no, the, the CPRs and the dragging off the court. And <laughs> you know what? I, I, I'm not quite sure exactly where that all kind of came from. And, um, and they kind of just started doing certain things. And I was kind of caught off guard a little bit. And I looked at it and I'm like, they're having fun. They're not being disrespectful. Um, they're cheering. And uh, from day one, they just were so together, regardless of whether they were on the court or not, they were able to just kind of cheer together. And now you're right. I mean, this group from top to bottom has absolutely been very unselfish. They have been willing to do anything that we have asked them to do. And I don't know that we would have had the uh, end of year success as we did if they weren't. Um, the season has been so up and down. Uh, three of the four trips that we went on, well, all three trips that we flew to were all uh, disrupted, either by COVID or by the freeze in Texas or by cancellation of flights to UTRGV because of weather in Denver. Um, uh, you know, all of these things that it was just one thing or another. And the girls were like, okay, well, coach is on the phone right now in the middle of practice, something's up. Um, but yet when we told them, hey, we're gonna have to leave a day early, um, they were like, okay, we'll go. And I've told them over and over again that we are where we're at because of their willingness to bend, their willingness to reset and just to kind of start all over again. And if we had not had those types of kids that just kind of cared about each other more than about themselves, uh, I'm not so sure that we would have uh, had the right mindset to, to win this last weekend. And so a lot of credit goes to them and their willingness to just, they just love each other. And I think it shows on how they celebrate for one another and it doesn't matter who's on the court, but it's just, so refreshing to see. Coach, in your 22 years of coaching, how high would you rank that moment after you won and your top moments of coaching? 
Well, I had. I think you have to rank that as the highest. Um, really, I think that uh, going um, in 22 years, I've gone from being a, a junior college head coach um, when I first started, and us being able to go to the junior college nationals, and um, we got as high as third, and that was a fun experience for that. And we've had, um, and then from that we. Um, in our transitional period from junior college to division one, which was uh, uh, something else, but uh, winning an independent uh, championship and then going from being independent into the great West and being able to win that as well a couple of times, and then um, uh, moving in and transitioning into being in the WAC conference. Um, and this is, uh, we, we had to take all of those steps to kind of get us to where we're at. But um, I think with all of the successes that we've had and where we're at, um, this is probably the greatest moment of being able to share this together with the team to be uh, WAC champions um, uh, in this conference that is uh, very difficult and challenging. Um, and, and also because it, allows us and qualifies us for the NCA tournament and that is a first and so I think when you when you have that and that ticket to qualify and go to the big dance um, there's nothing like it and so um, this is right it's at the top coach only 48 teams in the NCAA tournament this year so a reduced field uh, you get a little time off uh, before you have to play, uh, which is next Wednesday against Texas State. Uh, in terms of getting ready for a tournament like that, what uh, what's the next week going to look for you look like for you guys? Well, I think every day has been um, well. Today, uh, as I mentioned, it's um, been a lot of administrative work and uh, trying to decipher and go through the information that the NCA uh, sent us, uh, information on travel and hotel and. Um, I have a great staff that's really helped kind of lighten the load on doing what we needed to do to just make sure that uh, we are meeting every deadline and some deadlines today on getting the roster, not the roster, but the travel party uh, group in and then working with travel and trying to work that out. And so it's been a busy day today. And I'm hoping that with these next couple of days that we can get majority of that kind of put behind us and taking care of some of those so that we can then focus on practice uh, come Wednesday and be able to um, get ourselves focused on what we need to do. And that is to familiarize ourselves with Texas State and work on practice to help us be able to get um, um, for us, as well as for anybody in our um, uh, in the uh, in athletics to win our first um, uh, NCAA uh, match. And so I think with the way that they have it with the 48 teams and us not going regionally to a, a Stanford or to a high, very high seed, um, I think it just kind of makes things a little bit more even and that um, there's some uh, first round matches that will be very interesting on what will happen. And so I'm, I'm pretty excited about uh, the way that they have it. And and hopefully that we don't get too caught up into overwhelmed with just the atmosphere and the excitement and all of it. And we can stay focused on doing what we can to be successful.
Well, coach, we are sending you all the good vibes your way and best of luck next Wednesday. We do appreciate your time and hopping on with us. Well, thank you. It's just been a pleasure just uh, being able to visit with you for a short little while, but we, um, we're doing all we can now that um, we are where we're at. Um, we're going to do our best to represent not only uh, our program um, and the university, but the WAC conference as well. And so we're proud that we are able to represent uh, the WAC uh, this next week. Coach, good luck to you. And uh, thanks again for joining us on the show. Okay. Thanks, Eric. Thanks, Rachel. Have a good day. All right. Sam Atoa from Utah Valley. That does it for this episode of the WAC Podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And check out our website at waxsports.com.